0: hi and welcome to the thrive alcohol free podcast i'm dupay dupay with alcohol free well-being and transformational coach and the best-selling author of a cocktail of Carity, how to ditch drinking embody a joyful new identity and thrive alcohol free this podcast will show you that being alcohol free is not what the traditional narrative says and even though alcohol is so ingrained in our society that it is okay to give yourself permission to stop drinking if you want to and you do not have to wait until you hit rock bottom it is certainly not boring and i believe ditching drinking is just the start to living an extraordinary life By getting rid of this one thing, it allows the doors to open to endless possibilities and opportunities. Each week, we will have guests on who are at various stages of the alcohol-free journey, from those who are curious to those who have been alcohol-free for years. We will also have experts on talking about different topics relating to alcohol and beyond. Through these conversations, you will discover what it means to thrive alcohol-free enjoy. Hi and welcome to the latest episode of Thrive Alcohol Free. I am so pleased you're here and I hope you've had a good week. So this week we have an expert guest on and um, really interesting conversation, really excited to um, talk to Gita Sidhu-Rob. So Geeta is a five-time winner of the Entrepreneur and Businesswoman of the Year Award, having developed the hugely successful Nosh Detox in 2008 after her son was born with severe food allergies, eczema, asthma and anaphylaxis, She has built a formidable reputation for success in the health and nutrition industry, counting Gwyneth Paltrow as one of her first clients, she retrained from lawyer to a health and wellness coach for successful professional women in 2014. And over the years, she's built up a roster of world-famous clients working with the Duchess of York, Sarah Ferguson, Nadia Slavowski, Garinda Chander from Bendit Like Beckham, Sam Smith of FinCap. And working with her from 3 million to an ipo and a 55 million pound exit and numerous other successful women ceos charity heads country heads and celebrities her coaching clients describe working with her as transformational and life-changing and credit her coaching with helping them get promotions Double revenue, manage successful IPOs, and launching massive company growth. And with helping them create successful, happy personal lives alongside. So I am so pleased that Geeta is with us. And we talk about nutrition, sugar, alcohol, and the effects of nutrition and sugar, as well as emotions. So it's really great to have an expert on in this space so without further ado here is the conversation with Gita. Hi so welcome Gita thank you so much for being on the podcast I'm really pleased you're here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. No problem at all so why don't we start
0: from the beginning it would be really interesting you know you've obviously got Nosh Detox which is a fabulous organisation and you've worked with some incredible people so i'd love to hear a bit about your story and what got you to that point and what you've been doing since
1: oh it's it's i'll do the cliff notes version i mean i'm indian so i always laugh and i'm like well you know doctor lawyer accountant marriage or death and i picked law um so i was a corporate lawyer and then um my first child i had who i had in my 20s was very ill and he had very bad food allergies he was anaphylactic And so he would eat something and die, and we would literally have to get him resuscitated, and we were in hospital, in intensive care, he was in a coma, and all this kept happening again and again, and they kept telling me there wasn't a solution. And I was like, there has to be one, you know? And there's the joy of ignorance of youth where I was like, I'm sure there's a solution. And so um, I looked for solutions. I spent the next seven years working because, you know, that, that was what I had to do, but I spent the next seven years looking for solutions to heal my son. And he had asthma, anaphylaxis, eczema, and they all tend to go together. And I cured him. I cured him of his asthma. I cured him of his eczema. The anaphylaxis is a slightly different thing. I made him sturdier and more robust. Then, fast forward a few years, and I ended up getting divorced with three small kids under the age of six. So there was a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And it was a terrible divorce. We walked out of this terrible marriage, um, which is relevant, but pertinent, because he was actually somebody who drank too much and I had never really met that I hadn't understood we didn't grow up in that kind of environment so I didn't know how to manage the process but when we finally got up and walked out I feel like I, I said we walked out I, I actually remember the other day it was my son who must have been six or seven and he I remember him turning to me once and said why are we still here and I remember thinking uh, I don't know you know and everything kind of dropped away the fear i had of what was i going to do how are we going to live and all this stuff and and i and i left um and it ended up all my my worst fears and my best dreams came true all in one fell swoop and i had nowhere to live my parents were really against the fact that i had left this this you know great very financially lucrative marriage which we had built a company together i, I didn't marry money um and I ended up sleeping on a girlfriend's floor for six months. Bless the woman. Um, we had she had one bedroom that was spare, and she gave it to us. And um, when I came out of there, I was trying to work out. We were hustling, obviously, because I had fourteen pounds a day to live off, and I sort of didn't know quite how to survive. And um, and I lost my job as a lawyer, obviously. And I just was looking, what do I know how to do? And the thing I knew how to do was I could take anyone's body and transform it. That was what I knew how to do. And I was like, well, I wonder if somebody wants to pay me for that, you know? And I was acting as a corporate negotiator. I was flying in another countries, fixing problems. And, and it was such a shitty way to live because I needed to be at home with the kids because they were little and my son was so ill and I needed carers all the time and all this stuff. So I thought, well, I'm just gonna try. And so 2007, I set up the first business in this country that delivered food to people. And I delivered a full day's food um and I would deliver to you you know the format you see now we invented that it was breakfast snack lunch snack dinner mm-hmm. and Nosh Detox was born um tested it for a year and then I thought I think this might work and in 2008 that's what I started to do full-time wow amazing! but kind of that's how we got there yeah
0: fantastic gosh and you've been through so much as well and um you know how did you how did you manage at the time when with three young children obviously your friend amazing woman obviously oh, so much. yeah <laughs> you know how, how did you sort of have the I suppose confidence to then go on and do something like setting up a brand new business which is what you effectively did you sort of went from a low yeah. to a massive high
1: I don't know that I did that because I was confident I think poverty is such a fabulous driver and we were so incredibly poor and we'd come from this very wealthy lifestyle to this very poor one and I remember my ex-husband walking past me one day as he dropped the kids off or came to pick them up or just came to yell abuse at me whatever it was and he said you know if you just stayed with me at least the children could be in the same school they've always been in now you've taken this amazing house with a swimming pool away from them and I remember thinking go straight to hell Um, and any thoughts i had of taking the kids out of their very expensive private school evacuated and i was like you were staying in those schools if i have to blooming sell things to make it happen and the only thing i wasn't willing to sell was my body because i was very clear about that Um, and so i yeah i I don't think i had any confidence i think i was a hundred percent desperate so i did anything and everything that i could short of anything involving my personal, but, you know, I I just, I, and I did, and I, people would say, do you want, I'm like, how much? And, that's what I, and they're like do you want i was like how much <laughs> and they were like do you want to know i'm like no i just want to know how much and i did some seriously wacky shit i i was on i spent a lot of time on tv at the time so i did some massive tv shows that i got paid like one turn. that's how i saw it one term school fees one term school fees you know how say that? i went and i brokered a deal of, around a pipeline in belarus with people with beards and guns and i came out alive it was it was I have to say I look back and I think wow that was interesting right. Thank God, there but for the grace of God go I so I'm not sure I was confident I definitely don't think I was intelligent I was desperate we had no money we couldn't eat we could, I had two pairs of shoes and I had four dresses hmm. and I had that said, and so I was like well get on with it yeah. so I did nobody yes. told me it was amazing because if I would thought that I'd have probably stopped <laughs> I was like just gonna go and do this and hope it works
0: <laughs> wow amazing amazing okay so i mean obviously nutrition is so important when people stop drinking and just being mindful of it because your whole body is recalibrating it takes a you know it takes a lot of a lot to sort of go back to what it's supposed to be having been working so hard um and you know and i know you also fundamentally believe that nutrition and emotions go hand in hand so I'd love to hear about one you know from a nutrition perspective what advice can you give for people that maybe you know stop drinking and what's the best way to eat and what they should be eating Um, and also the the emotional side as well that you that you talk about.
1: I think the thing is that there's just... (laughs) The first thing to start with is processed food is evil. All processed food is evil. If you look at any kind of food and you can't identify what that food is, you should never put it in your mouth. Because everything you put in your mouth tells your body and your mind what you think of it. And so that's the starting point. The second part of this is that a standard traditional foundational diet works for everyone for everything. And we teach this with foundations courses all over the place because everybody needs to learn how to eat properly again, because I think something happened along the way and we forgot. Um, And this good old fashioned upbringing that we had that that just had normal food that people prepared and, and put in front of you sort of doesn't seem to exist. And so what I'm always saying to people is that, honestly, if you can eat fruit, fat, fiber, and protein, every single meal, not quite almost every single meal and every single day, you really will get everything that you need from that. And the way to do that is to think, what are the best possible ingredients I can afford? And I, you can afford, even though food is appallingly expensive at the moment, you can afford phenomenal ingredients if you buy raw ingredients. Because what we don't seem to understand is that when you buy a courgette and an aubergine and four potatoes, it costs very little, but that's two to three meals for you there for a family of three you know I mean you can you can add no can of tomatoes probably helps so when you've got that you know you've got and this is what the majority of Africa and continent and India do mm-hmm. every single day of their lives lentils will last you for a whole flipping year mm-hmm. so the really the ultimately the the, the the second step after understanding that is to think right if you took a a piece of fruit, like an apple or a banana, or whatever, and ate three of those across a day. That's most of your enzymes that you need for the day. It helps your stomach start working again. It's digestive enzymes, it heals you on a cellular level. And it rehydrates you. And when you stop drinking, what fruit does when it's ripe fruit is that it, I, I do bang on a little bit about how you should be ripening fruit at home. And I can actually make videos about this because I care about it so much. Um, it satiates the sweet tooth. That you crave when you stop drinking because alcohol has so much sugar in it that's that um fruit that has no sugar in it but is sweet and is fiber is a phenomenal thing to replace that with so that's one step then every single i have this this i'm trying to think i have this thing i usually draw on but i don't know where it is um because my daughter helped me tidy my office i'm never going to find anything again as long as i live but if you imagine this is your plate and imagine dividing it up like a peace symbol and within the thirds of the upside down Y that forms a peace symbol, one portion is fat, one portion is fiber, one portion is protein. And that's literally how you make every single meal look. So someone like me who is um, vegetarian, I don't get any fat in my food. People always go, how do vegetarians get protein? We get a lot more protein than we do fat. I literally don't get fat in my food. And it was such a learning curve for me that I have to, I trained myself that every meal I now look at, I have to look at, did I click the protein? Got it, yeah, but the fat. And then I will go look for something to put fat on my plate. And the reason that really matters is because when you give up drinking, one of the things that happens is that your taste buds come back to life. And fat is a carrier of flavor. And so it changes. It's like giving up smoking. It changes how your food tastes when you're eating it, and it stops it being quite so bland. Um, and also, it helps brain function, which is something we tend to give up a bit when we, you know, drink instead. So, and you need, in terms of your protein, you only need 0.8 grams per kilo of weight. So we do overdo that protein sometimes. Um, but really, the fat and the fibre, you should have they have this statistic where you should eat 30 plant-based foods in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that sort of A doesn't sound too much and then sounds like a lot when you break it down. But that's, you know, across a week, that's three plant-based products in, 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 a, in a day. Mm-hmm. So if you ate, you know, a salad, you'd probably cover that without really thinking, and then a cooked vegetable and you'd be done. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and I find it interesting because so many people shy away from the fats, don't they? They sort of think. Oh,
1: we've been trained that fat makes you fat.
0: Exactly. So.
1: Which it doesn't.
0: Exactly. So in terms of the types of fats, the good fats, can you give some examples of of what people should be? Honestly, people
1: say that, and if it's unprocessed fat, just eat it. (laughs) your life simple i'm all about the fact that you're busy as hell and you know but but yeah everybody has a listing in their brain of good fats it's your standard things there's nuts there's seeds there's you know there's tahini there's hummus there's yogurt um avocados there's there's all kinds of things but honestly if 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 you even repeated three fats across a week and chose one every day that would be good by me i'd be happy with that Mm -hmm. olive oil I use a ton of olive oil. I'll be looking at my plate and I'll be like, bugger, I haven't got enough fat. And I'm reaching for the olive oil bottle, <laughs> pouring it all over my food, thinking, okay. <laughs> then the other thing with it, that to be really careful with, and this is absolutely unusual advice, is that if you're not going to eat processed food, the other thing you have to do is put salt on your food. Mm-hmm. Because normal food doesn't have salt. And so for me, for example, I have quite low blood pressure. And I will get to a place in the day where I can notice when I've not had enough salt Mm. because my pressure just drops catastrophically. And I'm like, okay. And so, you know, be aware, test and see if a little bit of salt in your food perks you up. And if it does, then be aware that you need it. Um, And that's why people will do snacks like peanut butter uh, Mm. in celery and stuff because the peanut butter has salt. Mm. Um, And then the other thing I do is freeze organic fruit and then I'll take out frozen cherries, which are insanely amazing, by the way, um, and then eat them as, as, as a snack or frozen blueberries, which I don't like as much. But the thing with it that, that changes this is that because how you feel determines how you eat, yeah. it's really important to be aware of that you know um and and especially and this is something you obviously talk about a lot and work with a lot is that but if we use alcohol as a coping mechanism we don't have really well developed emotional infrastructure to manage our processes so well and that means that you don't have the emotional infrastructure to develop good eating habits and 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 you know valuing yourself and deciding that you have a worth and you know you don't have these things in your system but The joy of that is that if you can be aware of that, Mm. then you don't have to continuously sabotage yourself without being aware of it. Like I will wake up and I'll be like, I would love a white bread sandwich with jam and butter. And I'll stop for a moment and I'll be like, oh, I'm really not doing well today. (laughs) What the heck's going? And I will literally stop and think, wow, I am doing so badly. Why do I want to eat something that is just absolutely not in my lexicon of any type of food that I desire Mm
0: -hmm. and I
1: will stop and think okay there's something wrong and I'll unpack that emotion to find out what my problem is if at the end of that I still want the sandwich I'll go eat it because I don't believe in treats I'm a grown-ass woman I don't Mm -hmm. don't need treating and untreating but Mm -hmm. I will a hundred percent stop and so food is a great barometer of emotion
0: yeah that's fascinating and and so how do you How do you become conscious of that really? Because we have so many automatic thoughts. And I think when you wake up in the morning, unless you are trained to actually really think about your thoughts, lots of people just go into autopilot, don't they? And so how do you actually take that pause and think, what is, you know, because I want to eat this, it means that this emotion is going on.
1: I always think of it as a muscle. I think with anybody, when I'm coaching or talking or whatever, I always think of it as a muscle. And I tell people, you do not have this muscle. So if you're aware that you don't have this muscle, you don't have to hate yourself. You don't have to be down on yourself. You don't have to do any of the fear, shame or guilt. You just don't have the muscle. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't have a muscle, do you get the muscle by looking at the muscle and going, I hate myself, I don't have it. Or do you go and acquire the muscle? Yeah. So I'm like, just acquire the muscle, understand you don't have it. Because for me, the core concept I work by is that when I have absolute clarity as to the why of something, my life is infinitely easier. And I will, when I don't understand why I'm doing something, hire, beat, yell, talk, find people who will help me break that why down. Mm. So I get that I have it. And so if you aren't doing the right things, just accept you don't have that muscle it's like going to the gym there are days it's going to hurt there's days it's okay there's days you want to do it and the more often you do it the more you get a muscle to do it and it becomes easier to do it Mm. and it's more enjoyable yeah the beginning of the gym sucks for everyone when you've been off four weeks
0: it does, but it gets better as you keep going.
1: Exactly. And it's more enjoyable because you see the results. So when you wake up and you're an autopilot, you're not really, are you? There isn't such. You're, you're choosing. So if you're not choosing that delicious banana, salad, and whatever, and you decide what you're going to have is some horrible processed cereal, there's your starting point that your day, you're like, huh, I'm just not having a great day today. Okay, noted go and eat your cereal, move on and think, okay, if I was having a good day, what would I eat? And that can be your next meal.
0: Yeah, brilliant. I think this is fascinating because not many people think nutrition and emotion at the same time. And so how do you work with your clients to help them build that muscle?
1: Um, we create a thing called a balance sheet. <laughs> I have a thing called the balance sheet technique. And what I do with it is I get my clients to draw out seven days on a piece of paper And then I get them to treat it like a calendar. So it's usually in paper and it'll have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at the top. And it'll have the times of the day down the side. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, okay, what is it that you want out of your week? I want to exercise. Well, okay, what kind of exercise and how often do you want? So I'll take me as an example. I want to weightlift twice a week, do Pilates once a week, and I do yoga twice a week and I want to put them in. So what I do is I will look at my, because think about it this way our calendars don't usually contain our lives Hmm. our calendars contain our external obligations Hmm. now this to me is very on a fundamental level absolute rubbish if it's my calendar why does it not reflect what I need out of life Hmm. so I get everybody to change their calendars to be a reflection of their lives Hmm. you better believe my haircut tomorrow is in my calendar my vet appointment is in my calendar therefore why would my pilates also not be in my calendar Mm. that thing of oh i forgot to eat no you didn't you didn't prioritize so that one just makes me crack up because i'm like so do you have your your nails look really good oh so you've got your nails done but you didn't eat that's very deliberate You know, it's very deliberate to my mind. I don't want to judge you, but I want to help you. So the balance sheet technique is what are the things? So on the back of the piece of paper, I get them to write down what are important things they want to do every week. Usually it's exercise, eating fruit, eating well, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, Mm. going to see your best friend because you need to giggle for a bit, whatever it is that you need to do, going to see your mother, going to see your children, whatever. And then I get you to turn the page around and add it to the balance sheet calendar across the week. So that if I fail today, that's okay. I've got tomorrow and the next day to fit it in because I'm not a failure because I failed to do this thing. Hmm. But of course, I don't really mind thinking of about failing. So people get uptight about failing. I'm like, I have failed so many times I make speeches about it, frankly. Hmm. So I'm highly robust where it comes to that. But, you know, add it in your calendar. The balance sheet technique forces you to layer out your life across a week. Who do you want to be in this week? What do you want in your life? And I promise you one or two or three weeks of this and your life changes because it's impossible to ignore your calendar. We're trained to use it. Mm.
0: Yeah. Amazing. I, I think that sounds, it seems so simple, but it's so effective. I can imagine. And I wonder when people actually write down all the things they want to do and then they get to the end of the week and as you said after sort of three weeks of doing this i do imagine it your life does change but how do you stop yourself from potentially beating yourself up if you haven't quite managed to do it
1: because the core tenet of the balance sheet technique is to allow room for failure Hmm. the reason you have seven days is that if it doesn't work today you move it to another day in the calendar if it doesn't work in this week's calendar, move it to next week's calendar. Right. It's not you're developing no. a muscle. Mm-hmm. And you cannot develop a muscle without pushing and pulling. Some days you will develop that muscle. Some days you need to not be working on that muscle. And it's working on itself. Because mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get you to understand is you need a scenario template of your life. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to look at your life like that, I mean, I was a corporate negotiator, right? So my, me, I'm constantly negotiating. So I want to do this. How about if I <laughs> <laughs> i just think okay if i've got the muscle then i've got the muscle if i haven't got the muscle i have to focus on building that muscle yeah. failure i think people overrate failure like you feel like a failure and then mm. I, I mean yeah you're not gonna die oh you just feel terrible move on mm. i'm sure you feel terrible again yeah. and then you feel good too
0: yeah yeah i think there's too much emphasis on failure at the you know in the world people do sort of see it as they can't, they're not allowed to fail and
1: um now says who you know, i don't exactly. i literally i literally make speeches about how when i failed yeah. yeah why would you not be allowed to fail how do you learn something if you don't fail exactly imagine Same. telling a baby oh you can't walk <laughs> sorry no one's ever gonna do that we're gonna i mean there's that lovely um image that someone such a long time ago gave me that i remember all the time that every blade of grass has an angel standing next to it kneeling down going grow 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 and i'm like that's, that's the most the... beautiful image in the world yeah, yeah, now, if yeah. a blade of grass can have that why can't you and i
0: yeah absolutely no i think it's a really important important thing to to sort of mention because You know, a lot of people say they want to take a break from alcohol and they will have, you know, they'll say they'll take a month off and then actually after a week it doesn't quite work out. And then they say, well, I'm going to give up now. There's no point because I've failed. I haven't done the week. And to your point, there's the next day and there's the next day.
1: And and also do. don't take a month off, take today off yeah. and then take tomorrow off yeah. and then the next day off. You know, I, I do that with food. I do that with food. I do that with, with excellence. I do it with growing your company. I do it with success. I do it with surviving my teenagers without murdering them. Like just today, we'll let you live today. <laughs> we'll see how tomorrow <laughs> It's everything, isn't it? How do you know what's going to happen tomorrow?
0: Absolutely.
1: So today you actually thought I was going to do this and I didn't do this. Should we really throw our toys out the pram? I don't think so. Why don't we just try again tomorrow?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's all about the power of now, isn't it? So no, brilliant. And, then, and if
1: you've got eight days where you've constantly thought I'm going to wake up and not drink and then you've drunk, you clearly don't want to not drink. And that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, exactly. Let's just accept you where you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you learn and you grow. and that's And that's the fundamental part. And that's the whole human journey isn't it really so uh yeah okay so we've we've obviously touched on the emotions and the the nutrition so i really i'd really like to get your take on sugar because you know a lot of people will stop drinking and then suddenly get this huge sugar head on so
1: i'll need it yeah
0: tell me a bit about that
1: So (laughs) I wrote an article, my daughter, one of my daughters rang me the other day and was laughing. She sent me a snapshot. I wrote an article in 2009 or 10, saying scientists have found that sugar is more addictive than cocaine. And so she found the article uh, about two years ago and sent it to me laughing, going, you were ahead of your time, I'm like, thanks. Um, The thing is, alcohol has immense amounts of sugar and it gives you that high and the rush as well. And so fake rushes are actually very enjoyable obviously otherwise we wouldn't all be doing this so when you then give up the thing you need is your is like i need sugar i need sugar i need sugar and then you get that rush from the sugar so it's almost like a palliative version of it um the thing with and sugar is absolutely appalling to give up it's like coffee like people walk in the door and I'd be like, please don't give up coffee on my watch. Just go give up coffee on someone else's watch. And I, Horrible, like mean. <laughs> so what's my take on sugar? I think that when you eat something sweet, there's such a deep sense of self-love and it's kind of, you connect your sweetness and you, there's this, this, this thing of these, these lovely old black men, when they're about to kiss the little granddaughter and they're like, give me some sugar you know, and that kiss that you've got from a baby. And it brings you a sense of such joy in your heart. Mm. And so sugar is a shortcut to self-love and nurturing. And if you're not feeling so great about yourself, you eat it so you feel good because it tastes good in your mouth, you know, if that makes sense. And and, and you want to, that's really what's happening. There isn't a lot of sugar in your life as it were. Mm. So if you can create external sugar, you don't need to be eating that sugar all the time. Mm. and then there are just days where you need that sugar yeah right there are days like I woke up today and I was like I'm all good and then I got to about two o'clock and I was like throw the toys at the pram and I went and I got a date and two biscuits and literally happily munched my way through that and came back those things also happen but if you're going to have it give yourself this rule eat the fruit before you eat the sugar
0: Mm.
1: because crowding out a craving is a hundred million times more effective. Well, actually let's even be scientific about it. Studies have shown that people that will use crowding out as a concept of giving something up are something like three times more effective at giving it up than if they don't. And so if you're crowding something out, you're not gonna give up the bad thing because the minute you give something up, you hate your life. What you do is you put the good things in front of it. So if you're going to want sweet things, put in the, the fruit, beautiful, ripe, delicious fruit that you love, Mm. and have it all the way through the day and do it every single day and then there's a part of you that is still getting that sugar
0: really helpful and i think yeah sugar is just something that constantly comes up so hopefully you're listening this is helpful for you it's a very
1: big deal when you give up drinking Mm.
0: yeah exactly and so i'm fascinated because i know you've worked with lots of different people so i'd love to maybe hear a bit about how uh, And I know now you work with everyone, you know, regardless of celebrity, royalty, you work with everybody. But how did you end up getting to the point where you were meetings and working with so many different people?
1: You mean famous people?
0: Famous people, yes.
1: Yeah, you know, it's... (sighs) I would love to say there was like some really clever plan behind it because it would make me look intelligent, but unfortunately, <laughs> so Gwyneth Paltrow was one of our first clients, and we didn't even know because bless the woman, she gave a fake name and and you know paid us, and and that's I didn't realize how unique that was until we got to know a lot more celebrities who didn't want to pay us, Um, and a lady from Vogue rang us up and said, Gwyneth Paltrow has just said you're her favorite detox, I was like, she did, could I record you and play that across my website all the time, and just not, and so what happened from that is that we then became kind of Hollywood LA favorites, and so they would send us all these people, Mm -hmm. and so um, that helped, and so we came from there, and then um, I was a, public figure for you know a while Mm -hmm. and I think maybe people were more when you're when you're in the same industry or you kind of feel not that I'm in any way as famous as any of my clients there's a place where these global globally known men and women which is such a very unique type of person to be Mm -hmm. um, become very isolated and you know they they it's just very hard to find people that you trust and people that will be very blunt with you and i you might have noticed have a little tendency to bluntness i may have hidden it really well and it wasn't clear but i have a little tendency so i'm very clear about saying i think that's a really bad idea or no that was i have a th- stupid tax so when people really annoy me i have a stupid tax um, and I don't really care who you are, actually. And yeah. I will charge you whatever the stupid tax is. And it's always different for each person because there's no point charging charge of the money. They're all too wealthy. So I find stupid tax to charge people. Uh, because you know, people are stupid. It doesn't you don't stop being stupid because you're famous. And so it ended up that that because I got comfortable being around them, my, you know, my parents were very well known growing up. Maybe that was part of just being, hmm. I don't really care who you are, to be honest. And I'm definitely not starstruck on any level. Mm. <laughs> it really doesn't work uh, because I think everybody is human and everybody has problems. And 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 you know so many of these people are so deeply successful and their lives become very small as a result. Mm. You know people lie, they cheat, they turn on you. Mm. And I haven't as long as you pay the bill that I'm charging you for, I don't really care about the rest of it. And so it turned out that I have then spent the night in palaces and villas and uh, all kinds of really interesting places. And people are like, you must come and spend the night. I'm like, Do I have to? Um, because you're waking up in, in the morning terrified, thinking I'm going to just absolutely act like an idiot. Um, and I haven't yet. So it's, it's, it's actually a lovely, I love my life. I love my job. And, and I obviously did something right somewhere because I now get to work with people that impact the world and then I get to work with I have a phenomenal Tanzanian farmer who grows tomatoes and I am the biggest expenditure that she has and um, I love her dearly Mm. and she pays me in installments and so to me I, I like I like both sides yeah fantastic yeah so
0: if people wanted to get in touch with you then how best to get in touch with you
1: Oh, just any social media um, is perfect. Go on uh, where I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram. Usually people kind of hear about me on TikTok and then come to Instagram to find out or see me on TV or something and they'll go to Instagram and say, who are you really? <laughs> so I try not to tag my children on Instagram. <laughs> you know, DM, DM me. Um, you know, th- th- um, th- there's so much visibility. Um, there's GSR coaching. GeetasiduRob.com is 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 one of the websites nosh detox is another there's so many ways i make myself accessible if not available though but accessible at least so i'm really happy to have conversations
0: brilliant brilliant well i will put all that in the show notes and so we ask every guest and you know what does thriving alcohol free mean to you
1: the thing about um I stopped drinking um, when I walked out of my marriage because I was married to somebody who really relied on alcohol a lot. And I would wake up every day and think, am I going to drink today? No, I'm not going to drink today. I don't want to drink today. And I remember hating feeling that that image of being trapped to a concept of, of, you know, whether or not I would drink. Um, And my life was so terrible that I was entitled to my drink. And I remember not liking that about my life. And I didn't want to make those choices because, you know, and then when I ended up homeless with the children, Mm -hmm. I couldn't afford to have even one moment where I wasn't a hundred percent switched on and available because my life was so full of God knew what, Mm -hmm. you know, and I couldn't do that if I'd been drinking. So I just didn't drink. And then I didn't drink the next day and I didn't drink the day after that. And I never Didn't drink. I just didn't drink. Mm. So it wasn't a song and a dance and a this and a that. I just didn't drink. And people would be like, "Oh, have a drink," and I would hold the drink and put it down and keep moving because I didn't drink. Mm. And I ended up, (laughs) I think, twelve years later. um, So what it means for me to thrive without alcohol is a sense of freedom. Mm. It's that sense of being fully myself on Mm. every level and being aligned with myself and liking all of that. And it was. I think it's such an immense privilege. And I say that as somebody who, if I feel like a drink, will go and have a drink Mm. Um, and I'm there now. Mm. But I also, within that, I'm very clear that the role that alcohol plays is that it debilitates. And so I am very clear in the places, like if I'm on TV at six in the morning, there's no alcohol happening. If I'm flying somewhere, I, I don't understand that. You wake up to fly and then you drink. I've never quite worked that one out. So I have zero tolerance, so it's quite funny. The kids have more tolerance than I do. So I am very clear about my parameters around alcohol and the price I will pay if I drink. Yeah. You know, so so my home is full of the 0%, whatever, Mm 0.5% beer or something like that, you know, because I I set my life up that if I want a beer, I can have a beer, but it's not beer.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? So I'm a real systems woman. I'm like, let's make our mind up what we're doing and then systemize the crap out of your life so that thing that you want to do works.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Love that freedom. Okay. And so anything you want to leave the listener with any last bit of information or wisdom that you want to share?
1: I don't know about wisdom. I think I think that my 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 understanding is this. I used to resist change because it frightened me so much. You know, I spent so much of my life utterly petrified that I was going to not feed the kids, that I was going to die. I was going. I didn't know death didn't frighten me so much. I was like, let them get past a certain age and then I'll be okay. (laughs) But it was this absolute fear I was going to screw up constantly, and and I I had to really make peace in my life about that. And that's why I talk so much about failure. And so the thing that I have hung on to forever is that there are two core tenets. One is that change is inevitable and suffering is optional. Hmm. So the, ch- and I had this at Nosh detox actually for like a year. I put it as my banner till my branding people told me to take it down. <laughs> so <laughs> change is inevitable. Suffering is optional, right? So yeah. go with the change because change is growth. Pain is not growth. Change is growth. um and then the the other part of it is this the marion williamson concept where she said our greatest fear is not that we're uh, inadequate our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure and i made so much peace with that i'm a very powerful woman and i like that about myself immensely i am a hundred percent committed to staying at my absolute zenith of power for every day of my life and i manage my energy therefore i manage my nutrition therefore i manage my health to be that person for me every day
0: that's fantastic i love that marion williamson quote and i think a lot of us are frightened of being powerful beyond our measure and yes. and actually when for me when you become alcohol free you realize how much power you have and
1: which is frightening I guess you yeah. know because then you've got to go do something with that
0: absolutely absolutely it's, it's exciting as well though it's, I love
1: it yeah. honestly absolutely I, I've earned my life yeah fantastic
0: well Geeta, thank you so much for being a for guest me. on the podcast, and yeah, really appreciate all the wisdom and the knowledge. And it's been really great to have you as an expert on 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 the show. So have a lovely week, and we'll speak soon. Take care. Well, thank you, Gita. That was an incredible story, and thank you so much for sharing and the wonderful tips on nutrition and sugar and just eating. The right things really, and that's the three things that you need on the plate you know, every plate protein, fat, and fiber. So, I hope you got something out of that. And I do love, you know, what she said about us being powerful beyond measure. I really want you to remember that you are powerful beyond measure, and it may be that you haven't seen that in yourself for a while, and it could be a long while, but you absolutely are. And I do hope that today has maybe just empowered you in some way and inspired you. And you can go into your week just thinking I am powerful beyond measure. And so with, with that said, um, I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode thank you so much for listening to the thrive alcohol free podcast if you enjoyed the episode please subscribe so you get alerted every time i drop a new episode i'd love it if you could rate review and share this episode feel free to tag me on instagram at thrive alcohol free and follow me for daily tips if you would like to work with me I offer one-to-one coaching sessions and have my signature Thrive Alcohol-Free Society group coaching program. If you're not yet ready for coaching, I also have a self-paced online course which is a companion to my book, A Cocktail of Clarity. All the links are in the show notes. I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful week. Take care.